Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 122 I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are shaking within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as it was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Esther, chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave to Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told her what he was what was to her, what he was to her. Then the king took off the signet ring which he had taken from Haman and gave it to Mordecai. So Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet, weeping and pleading with him to avert the evil design of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. The king held out the golden scepter to Esther, and Esther rose and stood before the king. She said, If it pleases the king, and if I have won his favor, and if the thing seems right before the king, and I have his approval, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, which he wrote, giving orders to destroy the Jews who are in all the provinces of the king. For how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming to my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and the Jew Mordecai, See, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows, because he plotted to lay hands on the Jews. You may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king, and seal it with the king's ring. For an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. The king's secretaries were summoned at this time, on the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the twenty-third day, and an edict was written, according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews and to the satraps and the governors and the officials of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces, to every province in its own script and to every people in its own language, and also to the Jews in their script and their language. He wrote letters in the name of the king Ahasuerus to seal them with the king's ring and sent them by mounted couriers riding on fast steeds bred from the royal herd. By these letters the king allowed the Jews who were in every city to assemble and defend their lives to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate by armed force of any people or province that might attack them, with their children and women, and to plunder their goods. On a single day throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar, a copy of the writ was to be issued as a decree in every province and published to all peoples, and the Jews were to be ready on that day to take revenge on their enemies. So the couriers, mounted on their swift royal steeds, hurried out, urged by the king's command. The decree was issued in the citadel of Sissa. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king, wearing royal robes and blue of blue and white, 
with a great golden crown and a mantle of fine linen and purple. While the city of Sissa shouted and rejoiced, for the Jews was for the Jews there was light and gladness, joy and honor. In every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and edict came, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a festival and a holiday. Furthermore, many of the peoples of the country professed to be Jews because the fear of the Jews had fallen upon them. Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of the first and the last, who is dead and came to life. I know your affliction and your poverty, even though you are rich. I know the slander on the part of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Beware, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison so that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have affliction. Be faithful until death, and will, and I will give you the crown of life. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Whoever conquers will not be harmed by the second death. Good morning and welcome to the second Tuesday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 122, Esther 8, and Revelation 2. And the readings juxtapose these two competing ideas. On the one hand, in Revelation, we're more accustomed to, as Christians, to martyrdom. And John, in particular, being as old as he claims to be, living in exile in Patmos, um, has escaped martyrdom. And the early church had a really high regard for martyrdom. It's called the seal of the faith. Because you knew, if you were killed in hatred of the faith, that you, that you lived in a way that very closely resembled Jesus' life and death, or, well, assuming you lived a life like Christ's, which you probably did if you were hunted out and uh, tried to be killed by, um, technically, usually by the Jews in the early, early church. Um, and in Esther, we have this uh, example of um, the whole people uh, being spared from, if not martyrdom, something very much like it. Um, the the queen has um, sent out letters to all the provinces saying, basically, look, now Jews have the right to defend themselves. And if they defend themselves, they can despoil their attackers. Um, they can take what was once theirs. And that stands in pretty stark contrast to martyrdom, which is, you know, turn the other cheek even if they want to kill you. Um, and part of that is that martyrdom cannot be forced, right? Um, you can't force someone who doesn't want to be a martyr to be a martyr. If, if you know, if you try to, that's just murder, right? Um, martyrdom is this paradoxical thing where many Christians wanted it, but you couldn't bring it about by your own hand or it was murder-suicide. Um, and so you just had to hope that someone hated you enough to kill you. I mean, if you wanted to be a martyr. And a lot of people did. Ignatius of, or I'm sorry, not Ignatius of Antioch. Yeah, Ignatius of Antioch. Um, and Polycarp, like these early bishops who sought martyrdom and who discouraged others from um, saving them from it. Um, but you can't put that on the whole church. You can't put that on a whole community. Um, you know, uh, individual exemplars 
can you know accept that mantle, that burden, um, but you can't force it on everybody, um, even if it's an ideal of the whole community. Uh, I, and I don't think it, it was for the Jews, um, but I, I think it was and is in a way for Christians that it wasn't for Jews. Um, because Jesus so clearly went to the cross, uh, it makes a pretty you know, clear case that death is not the worst thing that can happen to us. And that if death's sting has been taken away, uh, that gives us reason to expect that something greater than death waits on the other side of it. Um, but there's also, like, one of the... the people weren't necessarily browbeaten for like refusing to be martyred there was nuances and I write about this in, in God is a Grunt uh, the chapter on martyrdom I think focuses on George um, but there were we'll call them three classes of people one was the martyrs who accepted the, the fate when it came uh, then there were traditores a specific kind of group of people that when faced with persecution and possible death, uh, if they refused to give the scriptures, the holy writings, which before 325 didn't exist in any kind of compiled list or canon, uh, those who turned these things over um, in lieu of suffering in some way, um, they were called the, the turnovers, the traditories. Um, and they... Uh, some churches attempted to deprive the traditories of their ordination, and this is Augustine famously said, "No, um, you know they what what they've done um, in the exercise of their you know their their uh, ordination is untainted by their their uh, fallible acts." Right. So if somebody marries you and then goes off and becomes an adulterer, like your marriage is still valid. That's what Augustine is saying, that your baptism and your um, your other things that you've done are still valid, even if they turn the books over. Um, and then finally, there were the ones who sought martyrdom and who refused when it came time. In the same letter of the martyrdom of Polycarp, there's this believer, Quintus, who managed to get a bunch of people to go and try and turn themselves in, quote-unquote. And then when the hammer started to fall, they all ran and so they were something worse than traditories. They were bringing dishonor on Christ by thinking uh, that they wanted martyrdom, and really they just wanted, you know, maybe celebrity or esteem or something. Um, but none, no early church member that I know of was uh, would say, "Oh, you you had the opportunity to be martyred and you you shrank from it." It didn't. It wasn't exactly how that happened. Um, the second part, like, I'm not sure if it was death that the traditories were running from. And they didn't actively seek it out either. Like, you can always, you can always flee to spare your life. That was always an option for early Christians. Um, and that, and part of that was like, look, if life is meaningful and life is precious, that includes yours. You have the opportunity to lay that on the, on the altar uh, but nobody is compelled to do that. And uh, so I think that's where these readings connect in uh, the fact that, that martyrdom is an individual calling. Uh, 
uh, an individual gift from God, the early church would say, that isn't compulsory on the whole community. You can't just say, you know, oh, we're we're going to just let ourselves be annihilated. Or you can't say that we we must in order to be, you know, a Christian community. Um, there's this famous movie, I think it's called Of Gods and Men, where an entire monastic community um, voluntarily remains at their their monastery um, and is slaughtered, um, but they all uh, had made the choice not to flee. It's always a choice to spare your life. Um, and so it isn't compulsory, even if it is an ideal. Um, and there's this important distinction in these two readings where um, Esther is rightly praised and Mordecai for saving the people, for preserving them, even if uh, the individual call, as we see in Revelation, may be to martyrdom. There's a very important distinction. A prayer for guidance from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, by whom the meek are guided in judgment and light rises up in darkness for the godly, grant us, in all our doubts and uncertainties, the grace to ask what you would have us do, that the spirit of wisdom may save us from all false choices, and that in your light we may see light, and in your straight path may not stumble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.